0: Everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sustainably You Podcast. My name is Vipa, and I have with me my co-creators Simi. Hi, everyone. And Philip. Hello. And we are talking about a very interesting topic today. We have a guest for you. Will be? <laughs> His name is Daniel Solomon, and he is the founder of EROGO. So Hi, Daniel. Why don't you start with telling us a little bit about yourself and Irogo?
1: Well, can I just interrupt? I mean, just first interrupt. Uh, yeah, of course. First interruption. First, <laughs> first impression. I love it. I love the fire, right? First impressions. Is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Daniel, you're tall, dark, and handsome and Thank fit, you. and you exude vitality. So I think <laughs> you are the right person for what you're doing. So... Well please it, go ahead.
2: It's it's a it's a pleasure to meet you, Philip, and see me and VIP. you know, thanks a lot for you know being a customer, first of all. So my name is Daniel Solomon. I'm the founder of Arago, oh. the company that aims to eliminate food waste by reclaiming ugly uh, produce in the UAE, the MENA region and the world at a later stage. Why did I start at this company? Uh, I think is because I started thinking a little bit different than how I, I was thinking maybe some few years ago. So I'm originally from Nigeria. I've traveled around the world, uh, but you know, the common theme when I travel is, you know, I find myself really fortunate and a lot of people are not as fortunate as I am. Uh, I've Been in Dubai for almost a decade, uh, but there's one common practice that I notice when I you know, travel back home, you know, or different parts of Asia is, you know, people don't have access to a decent meal. And when I made this meal, it means people would always say, bro, in, in, like in Nigeria, can you please give me, you know, 10 naira to buy food? Uh, that's like equivalent of less than a dollar. And obviously that gets me thinking a lot, right? I was like, you know, you don't have food? It's like, yeah, you know, I don't have a job. You know, the government is not doing a lot. So, you know, I just need to be able to buy some food and you, you hand out money to people. But when you think about it from the other flip side. It's just like you're always just having to hand out money to people. You're not teaching them to fish, uh, which connected me back to my first company, which I started, which is a digital agency. I opened an office in Lagos. I had an office in Odessa, in Ukraine, uh, and we always train people on how to become programmers so they can basically upskill their, their skills, so they be in the gig economy to be able to, you know, get a job for themselves, to be able to buy food and, you know, just care for themselves. Because a civil servant job will probably pay you less than two hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars a month. But when you're a programmer, you're not limited. You could offer your services right from wherever you are to people in different parts of the world. And I found that really powerful. And training people um, was really great, but. I felt like I'm not training a million people. I needed to do something like really big and massive. And the denominating factor was that, you know, people don't have access to food. When I come to Dubai, you hear, you know, a lot of food has been thrown away due to so many reasons. It could be, we use the word ugly a lot, but not just because of the ugly. Uh, food has being wasted because, you know, they're too small. They're too big. But because we have a lot of imports coming into the UAE, you also have excess produce due to change in demand. That's another reason. Where wholesalers also have produce they can not sell due to change in demand. That would go to waste. Or you also have items that are near expiration. That's another reason food goes to waste. So my first thought was, I'm going to take all this food you know in this rich country that we're blessed to be in and i'm just gonna send it to to people in nigeria and in the rest of africa and <laughs> that was my first thought uh then you know as you do more research I, I just thought to myself charity never works don't take my word for it don't hold this against me but it's just like my own thinking i feel like charity never worked particularly in nigeria where there's still a level of corruption you know you give to charity, is the work really being done. I mean, we're great people, we're smart, but I guess there is that dominating factor that if you don't have the infrastructure, also is a a major fact. So you you ship all the food, if you can't store them, you can't distribute them, they also get wasted. So as I was doing more research, I realized, wow, it's not only an inequality issue. People can have access to food, it's also an environmental issue, apart from the, it being a social issue. It's massive from an environmental point of view. That's the reason why I was like, okay, I really need to solve this. I'm not going to become a charity company. I'm going to use technology to connect all of these players, like retailers, and create something unique that would automate every produce that they have weekly or daily that would go to waste. And I need to also know in advance, so have a predictive model that tells me. So I got to work because obviously technology was my core. I worked at Publicis Sapiens and I started my own agency. So I had some resources and we started thinking about, you know, how to make this work. But obviously for you to build on any big dream, you have to start from an MVP, which is your minimum viable product. And that's why we launched AeroGo at the end of last year, December, uh, where you know we started working with local farmers and wholesalers to really you know reclaim those produce that are either ugly, too big, too small, or just excess produce that they can't sell, and we send them in a box to customers you know on a weekly basis, which helps reclaim that resources, carbon and water that went into making the food. You know, we needed to find a way to, you know, not just really solve it from an environmental point of view, I need to connect it back to why I started. So for every box we deliver every week, we feed two people with our friends that share the meal, the World Food Programme, where we would also be sharing our quarterly reports uh, or bi-quarterly or bi-yearly reports as we go. We're a startup. Obviously, there's a lot of waste happening in the Meme region. But well, it's also great to see a lot of initiatives that have been launched and it's now a priority to reclaim food and uh, it's only the beginning. And that's one, one of the reasons why I love Dubai or you know, the UAE. is like anything that needs to be solved It's not just solved for the UAE, but it's that thinking global. And I think it's good for us to be in that particular space to be able to be reclaiming, uh, eliminating food waste. Uh, to preserve the planet, I think that's really an important task that we have at hand.
1: I, I just want to dig into your mind a bit more. Yeah, of course. We have a um, predecided agenda, but yeah. I just want to go off go ahead. track a go ahead. bit. So you, you mentioned how you know you, you look at audios that are ugly and not good looking and and so on. Yeah, I don't want to say it's the story of my life, but <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> but I mean I can relate to you know. Being sidelined or you know being taken taken granted, and so that that helps me to think of waste and value in things that are discarded, right? So what made you think that there is value in that uh, in those produce that are not presentable or? You know? I,
2: I I think uh, I see why you asked the question. Uh, I think that the value is maybe the way I was raised. It's you know the tomatoes is, has a, blemish at the top you're supposed to cut it off and you you use the tomatoes right or you have a peanuts in a box and you know you're supposed to cut check smell feel you're connected to it to know if it's off you're not being told by the labels right so that automatically just creates this sense of value for things that you're not supposed to just toss them away because they're not what who defined what those perfection is. I guess you also have the regulatory framework that ensures that people are not just eating anything. By the end of the day, it's supposed to guide people who cannot tell those differences. We got to a point where we're so comfortable and there's a lot of convenience that we're not so connected. And I think that that's why when I hear this has been wasted or when you see a brunch, you're like, there's a lot of value in this, you know, why can't you just send this food to somebody, right? So you think about it and uh, that's the first thought, obviously, then you have to do research. I have to do research on this. Oh, I understand why food can be sent. There's hygiene, there's this. So, what are the ways that you could actually use to ensure that the quality of that food is still preserved when it gets to the end user? Because the end user's uh, life is still the most important thing, right? And there are a lot of technologies. There are a lot of like simple steps that we could take to ensure that we don't food loss. You know, we don't lose those food uh, before it, it actually goes to waste.
1: So two of the principles that is at the heart of our podcast yeah. is zero waste and circular economy and so when those two principles converge that that'll be the optimum state of living. So that's what drew us to your company because you imbibe those principles and yeah. what people consider waste you see value in it and and then you're trying to um, repurpose that. You know what what would normally be wasted you're bringing the, creating value in those things. And then now you're using technology to make it available to those who need those things because one man's waste is another man's treasure, so to speak.
2: Yeah. I think I probably would look at it like a very insightful question, but I would look at it a bit very different. It's mm-hmm. like individuals are not only the culprit, like individuals have always been, well, I don't want to waste stuff, at least most individuals, but, We all know the power of marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, For instance, buy one, get one free is a key driver. So people start buying things they don't need and they can't finish. So this basically, it drives a lot of waste too. So if you look at the individual waste, yes, there's a lot of waste that happens at home. But before we talk about that, we need to talk about the waste that are caused due to the the behavioral uh, change that happens by marketers or companies marketing, you buy this cheese, you buy one, you get one free, you do this. So I'm having to buy things that I don't need because I'm thinking I can store them away, but those things will probably will go to waste, right? And if I also go to the store and there's all these deals, you know, I didn't make my own list, then I'm going to get drawn to them. So I take those produce home and they end up going to waste amongst other reasons why that happens. But, then you go to also the food, the broken uh, food system. It's, it's it's broken in the sense that, you know, most supermarket they're looking for perfect produce, so they reject items that maybe are not maybe six inches, maybe a cucumber is not six inches, or it's not just even about the shape, right? Most times, you know, there's a lot of reasons for those because I don't want to use just the word ugly because you have items that are also too small, or then they become, or they're too big mm. that can also be sold. They most times do not reach the supermarket. That's one aspect of it. And this obviously contributes to the waste. And before this, too. The processor, who is processing most of the food, are using a lot of machines to process food, and those machines are designed to process maybe a size of a produce. So most times, if the produce comes out when you plant it, bigger than what the machine can process, it tosses it to the side, right? So you could see how those lead to... So we we see how those lead lead to steps all lead to this broken food system that leads to a lot of waste. So it starts with the food producers, the people requesting it, like the supermarket, and then obviously the marketers. And then you could talk about so many other reasons, but there's just so many reasons why food has been wasted. But to change this, uh, you need a lot of education and you need a lot of like behavioral change. Like when I go into the supermarket, you're probably more, I'm more drawn to like, oh, my value for my money. You know, I want that mango to be like the prettiest, right? Or the biggest or like in a certain way that I think, right? I don't just be like, it's mango. As long as it tastes good, perfectly good food, I'm going to eat those mangoes. And lastly, you need more processing. So items normally that after being produced that can hit the shelf or change in demand, you need to be able to process them into other kinds of like foods that can last long and you need infrastructures to be put in place to make that
1: happen. One more question. So you might remember, or you probably know the statistic better than me and you can correct me, I I believe it's 30 to 50% of food is wasted. So that is a huge problem, but that's also, you're looking at it as a huge opportunity.
2: Yeah, it's a billion-dollar opportunity if you want to look at it from there. It's 40%, uh, you know, 30 to 40% of every food produced is is, is, is is lost or wasted even before it reaches the consumer. So this is a massive issue, and it's a billion-year value that comes with that food. If you want to look at it just from cost point of view, so a farmer who can sell an item that he spent a lot of energy to grow just because you're too big or too small, he's, he's losing a lot of money, right? The customer will probably not mind buying something that is a bit odd shape if it's going to be cheaper than the regular price. So you could see how, from an economical point of view, food waste is an economical issue. But also, when we want to go beyond the financial, for every fruits and veg or food that has been wasted, there is the resources that went into making the food there's a water there's a the human power there's and when it lands in the landfill then there's carbon that's been emitted with the greenhouse gas emission that obviously occur and that's why the whole issue with food waste is very important because the total food that is being wasted it's equivalent to the 87% of the global road transportation emissions. So without having to talk about statistics, it's just to really picture how big the issue is that if we can solve this food waste, we can actually be in a position to really reclaim you know, or stop emitting a lot of greenhouse gas emissions in the world that's actually safer, right? So there's a lot of aspects to food waste. Uh, and most importantly, I think it's a brilliant opportunity to increase value for farmers, for food producers, for individuals, and it's a triple win for everybody who is involved. And at the end of the day, we preserve the planet, the planet smiles.
3: I think, you know, I, I wanted to ask this question, not ask, but I wanted the listener to hear a little bit about Daniel before then uh, <laughs> I mean, well, kind I, of.
1: Are we allowed to say tall, dark, handsome? No, you said that. <laughs>
3: But I think we is, are allowed to say
1: uh, it. You are allowed? Not you. <laughs> okay, sorry. He <laughs> well, is nice as well. That, he, he is, is so allowed. <laughs>
3: allowed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then Philip hijacked the whole uh, question line and then I had to keep it at the back. I, so, coffee. I think Daniel, the customers should... Uh, oh, I don't know why I'm saying customers, but the viewers, not even the viewers, the listeners... <laughs> should be able to visualize who this Daniel is because he's obviously he's not just handsome good-looking tall guy but also (laughs) he's quite young he is there's a lot of young people coming out of college school who would love to hear so you said this is not your first startup so you also had a business before I mean so how old are you like What's your mindset? J- just small word. We do not want to get away from the topic. But I think it young people, yeah. young, old parents, they would like to know the Daniel.
2: Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a regular guy and you guys have painting me like some <laughs> You've just been modest. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm a regular guy. I really just believe in one thing is we need to have that mindset that reach out and, and is connected as, as a chain. We as humans. So we're not ever should be in silos, right so you
3: said you just came out of university no. you just finished your masters no so you to I would like masters to hear three
2: years ago, exactly. uh, or not three years ago. <laughs> what, what did you study by way? so my first degree was Java technology second degree was information technology and my MBA from Liverpool was uh, finance general studies so I, I would say I I'm 33 years of age I think that's not young and it a lot, is so young I with so much
3: of information and uh, and learning coming out of you that's to have gone and done two startups and stuff I think that's a small story of hearing too
2: well I feel really honored for you to say that so thank you
3: Okay.
2: Come on. Continue. Don't be shy. <laughs> Tell us. So no, how shy. did
3: you start your first startup? Were you still studying when you started? Or? No.
2: So school has been done like a long time ago. I think, you know, I used to think I, mean, I love academics. But when you get into the real world, you realize that the real world is very different. You have to really apply yourself and not just what you've studied. Uh, so, those are donkey years ago. Like, I finished my MBA in
1: 2017,
2: I think. Uh, that's not donkey years. So, <laughs> 2017 was I
3: just guess, next to you. Ask me.
2: I can't, I can't remember. That's it's, like, it's
1: COVID. It makes us feel like yeah. it's long ago. <laughs> like, that's like three years, four years?
2: Yeah, it's uh, but, uh, like, six
3: years. We're 20, in 2017?
1: 22. Yeah, 22.
2: So yeah. Five years. Five years. Yes. It's yeah. a long time ago. Like So, I don't even consider... He, you know? He's running
0: in a different time and space. <laughs> time <line>. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> than
1: us. So we lost yeah. two years. Yeah, COVID. for him, so it's two
3: years is is big deal. There's yeah. so much to achieve it, for him. It's,
2: what I'm trying to say is that what we take out from college is very important. The base is really good. And I think, you know, as young people like myself, it's like, what more can we do that it's not just like the theoretical stuff? Obviously, you have to, we have to apply ourselves. And... And for me, I think that was one thing, the hustle, the hungriness to really you know, do something. You know, I started my first job at publicist Sapient. I think I said this earlier. And then I went, as a, as a project manager, I went to another company to become a project director using augmented reality because I'm fascinated by technology. And I realized that it's not the metaverse yet. I mean, metaverse is a word now. and. Then I went on to start my first digital agency, which serves uh, publicists, sapiens, is a client, amongst sort other of clients. So just to see how the story kind of connected in terms of like where I started from, which I ran for about five years. And in that process, I said to myself, that was the story of why I started. I was training people or I needed to do something a lot more that it's bigger than just you know, having this lifestyle business that you're having a good life, an is a lifestyle business, it's a good life. I needed to do something for people, for myself, for the planet. I need to build the future that I imagine. And, you know, not just for myself, but also for the generations uh, to come. Uh, obviously there's been a lot of challenges in those particular journey, or, and the journey is still beginning, um, and there will be more challenges, but I think that's the mindset to know that, okay, I've set my mind to do something and this is something i'm gonna do
1: so what i'm hearing is optimism and very long-term thinking and so those are really important yeah were yeah. you always like that or always like that you know, picked it up suddenly you have to be a builder right different types
2: of people i think people would say i look at things very long term uh, and you have to be long term because things do happen there's a lot of change that happen we never expect COVID, it did happen. So we have to be able to like reinvent ourselves. We have to be able to rethink and have that growth mindset. I think that's the most important yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: You said you traveled in many parts of the world and you were in Lagos and then uh, Ukraine and other parts of the world. How did you end up in an obscure place like Dubai?
2: I, I would call Dubai
1: obscure. I'm just kidding. I, I but... would
2: be like, is the, is the most it's it's not everybody knows, but in the world. But yeah. What I'm trying to say is that you aspire. My my sister is like, oh, you know, you go to Dubai, you know, you know, you transfer there, middlesex. I was like, you go there, and you know, your last year. I was like, because I wanted to have this first class in uni, but those are like long times ago. You're taking me really, really, really back. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> And, and, and that's it, you know. Yeah. So came here to study, start, um, you know, and build a career here. And uh, it's been called home for almost a decade.
1: So Dubai is a good place to do what you're doing because Dubai has uh, the humanitarian city. Dubai sends out food, you know, for the UN to many parts of the world when there's crises. The UAE has ministers appointed for climate change and for food security and so on. Did any of those aspects help you in your in your business, I think
2: if you look at the landscape of things, uh, when we talk about like food waste today, the most talked-about topic, and the government is also actively working to basically resolve food waste, is the UAE government, which is really something remarkable. So there's a new initiative, probably you heard about it, the NEMA project which if you google about it is about like food waste and food loss it's really something awesome and you're gonna continue to see more initiatives like that i believe so because there's a goal to achieve you know zero waste very soon and we're talking about especially when the world is going to get by 2050 the population might really increase to promote food security you also have to address food waste
0: so I can really relate to everything that you're saying, you know, like when you go back home and I think all of us coming from India can relate to the fact that we have, we we take so many things for granted over here and, and you have people over there who are starving, who don't have food to eat and uh, I, I didn't realize about this until I actually saw the ad of your business about we're so busy in life, we can't think about everything that all these small things that are possibly happening. And it's so great to have someone like you who noticed this and, you know, set out to kind of solve this problem. And uh, what I want to know is that, I mean, as a society, we seem to be obsessed with looks, right? Whether that's animals or food or people. And do you think that because now a lot of people are shopping online, groceries and everything, uh, do you think grocers become even more selective about the produce that they're sending us. Because what happens is, and I order from other groceries as well, like Kipson's, and and I see the food always looks
1: amazing.
0: Mm -hmm. And that kind of reinforces me because I'm not going out to the supermarket anymore and selecting food based on, oh, um, this is cheaper, although they look a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, these tomatoes are not super red or juicy, but I'm still going to buy them because they're cheaper. You know, yeah. so I'm not doing that anymore. So the marketing you... is
1: saying that the, if the tomato looks nice and red, it's yes. nutritious. Yes. So it looks mean nutritious. Exactly. So, so what he's saying, Daniel is saying is no, not necessarily. Even the, exactly, Yeah.
0: exactly. But, but do you feel all of this online shopping is leading to more waste? Because grocers want to make you believe that even though you're not selecting the produce yourself, they will give you the best and the freshest.
2: That's a very interesting question. And it gets me thinking, I I think along those lines, I obviously, because you're not in store, the consumer behavior is changing. As the consumer behavior is changing, Yes, most times uh, I would say as you accelerate and we're going online and, you know, the, the e-grocery space is growing. Yes, the producers or those people who are delivering to you, the companies will want to give you the, the best produce that is available because they demand or they think that's what you really need. So it could accelerate, you know, the, the problem, right? Because then, well, I, I believe that more groceries would also start thinking along those lines because our mission is to really change behaviors work with even the grocery providers locally that are already here to also take some items that they can't sell and you know sell it for them to our own audience Mm. so because the the whole idea is to ensure that food doesn't go to waste right so there's no point in creating that kind of barrier to say okay you're a perfect food seller. Now you can do ugly food produce. So I think that the mission has to overshadow the, the whole competition in terms of the way you might want to look at it. So it's to change the behavior, both from the businesses, the individuals. And I think that would also augment every other change that we demand in the society.
3: So Daniel, how does this mechanism work? So, how does your business work in getting the produce and taking it to the end customer? What's the process? Where yep. does the food come from? How is it processed? How does it reach the end customer?
2: It's so today we're doing fruits and vegetables is a simple three steps. But before that is we to fight food waste. What we're doing is to promote seasonality and fun to fork as much as possible. Obviously, we have to also reclaim items that are imported that are already in the market. So we're not importers. We only just take things that wholesalers are selling. And when we get those produce, you know, when they say, oh, I'm having X number of items that I can sell due to changing the demand. Or I have ugly produce that I can't sell. We take those, you know, produce, is delivered to us. And then we do the quality check. It's packed into a box, curated. We create recipes to accompany those particular items and every week on the subscription box, uh direct to custom we send them direct to customers on the subscription model. Uh, and each week you have different varieties because you have different things you're rescuing. And you know, users are also engaged because it's the a community, they're able to be involved in letting us know, okay, this didn't work this week. Okay, what can we do? And it's part of also the education to create those recipes to, to to encourage people to be able to cook with those items or what to do with those particular produce. And you're a customer, so uh, yes. you, you know this more than I do. So
3: <laughs> yes. No, I was more interested from how does it work at the back end, you know? yes. Not from the true, customer's true, point true. So with that brings me to the next question. So I have heard Vibha saying, Oh the the products look so and she did mention before as well to you it looks quite fresh so in my mind the first question was okay if if it's an ugly produce that means either it's it's too bits getting ripe or you know it's it's supposed to you need to you know it's soon it's going to get finished or there's something wrong with how it looks or how do you define ugly
2: so ugly is a fun word that's used for vegetables. Uh, but I think it's a good way to educate customers because you have ugly, is what we call the ugly problems, too big, too small, too wonky, too odd, too, too many of them. So you can have too many carrots that have been produced. Uh, and then, you know, you also have other issues like near expiration. And then you also have issues that are like people changing demand, right? So those are like the problems uh, that the ugly comes with, right? But really, if you look at um, the landscape of things today, we believe every food produced should be eating, especially the perfectly good food. And the reason why they could uh, produce fresh uh, most of the time is because that, you know, you promote seasonality. So when you promote seasonality, it means that they've been stored less. Uh, it means they're either coming from a local uh, farm or even though they're being imported, they're still in season. So in those particular produce obviously has a little bit pressure, they've not been stored for a long period of time. But with with startup, you know, there's a lot to be done. There's a lot of challenges in, and we've been tasked to do this particular job. Of really elevating food waste and I think it's only the beginning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So when you talk about upcycling food waste, right, there are already things within the clothing industry where you're upcycling used clothes and things like that. So do you think there is a there is misconception when you talk about upcycling food waste in this way?
2: How would you define upcycling? Because I want to make sure that I'm using the
1: right word. Good one. Good one, Daniel. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, he loves definitions yes, and etymology. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so basically upcycling would be something that I feel is going to waste and you are making a use out of something that would have been otherwise wasted or discarded.
3: Mm.
2: This is probably why the, the, there is good definition between food waste and food loss. Yes. Um, I think that the misconception between those two uh, really help like people always mix those two before. Uh, we need to be able to distinguish between an item that is perfectly good food it's still at the top of the chain, it's not gotten to the level where okay it's a, it's, it's a food but it has is moldy and then it needs to you know be uh, discarded and used for another value like decomposed like composting. decomposing yes. composting
1: the de- composting okay,
2: okay right for instance right so what we're doing is from the funnel it's like the farmer farms he believes that all of his produce should be eaten we basically promote that We as more you have, have more farmers as you have more farmers you're going to be able to work directly with them to promote that because you're getting Produce directly from them. This is fresh, and then it goes directly to users. Um, they're able to eat fresh, good food, regardless of the size, shape. Uh, you know how many of them is to be able to collect them from from those produce. If there are lots of them, you know you might start thinking about okay, taking some of them to processing, so you could turn them into paste, so those jams, are jams, uh-huh. know, sauces, yeah, sauces. So there's so many things that you could do uh with those particular produce and then once they've gotten to that stage where they can't be eating anymore or you know you start thinking what's the new value like people using uh orange peels to make clothes mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and de- decomposing you know so there's so many other things that you could do so i think that yeah that's the two two difference uh yes. and so i wouldn't call it like upcycling, because I think that's the end of the, the funnel, where mm-hmm. you need to still find value with those items that are moldy or the shaft that you get from every food that's been produced. They could make good soil. There's a beautiful startup uh, called The Waste Lab, who are currently mm-hmm. decomposting as an example,
1: which is really great, right? So, yeah. Okay, I, so I love how this is a very intellectual activity. So, so you're, you're looking at every stage of a produce and you know as it's going from green to fully ripe and wasted you're looking at every stage and saying what how can i use this what's the value at this stage right
0: what we were talking about is you know how there are sometimes surprises in the box because at this point we are not selecting exactly what we want the box comes and then I think three or four days before we can see what's going to come in the box to us. Yeah. Yeah. So it has been kind of like a journey for me, like experimenting with things. You know, I found a lot of different veggies that were not before part of my diet, but I was very interested on on like how to use them, especially because he also sends recipes. That is awesome. Yeah. 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 So, So there are recipes that come in the box and then... If you've never used it before, you can kind of figure out how to do that. But but that's what I really like because to be a part of your customer, you have to have that open-mindedness, you know, the mindset that I want to do this. And obviously, if I'm getting that produce to my house, it has to be used because it's for a certain cause, Yeah. you know.
1: Let me tell you about this customer, okay? <laughs> she's, she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Wow! That's congrats! Yeah. Ooh. So, Thank you. congrats. So, I, I'm just trying to give you some uh, ideas for your business, maybe. I, so, what else are you? I mean, you got some health issues, right? You're you're very yeah. specific I, I about have, foods.
0: Yeah, uh, I have celiac disease.
1: Okay. So
0: That's, I cannot I'm sorry eat. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's well, okay. It's one okay. good
1: news, one bad. It's, yeah. One it's okay. good news.
0: So I cannot eat certain things, but I can eat all vegetables and fruits. So. Oh okay. He he doesn't have to worry about that.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think what you're saying is very key, right? It's apart from like the choice, flexibility is very important. Choice is very important. Uh though we promote seasonality, SS produce, it's still very important the choice. They're just some not just just because some things we like and also due to allergies, right? So, and that's why, you know, in the concept uh, and what we're doing is to also allow users to have that flexibility to be able to exclude items from their box. Once you log in, I'm not sure if you've used the service yourself. I have. Okay. I have. To exclude items that each week, that you know, you, you're already notified. So, you know, items are coming. So, you could go ahead and remove items that you don't want and ask to be replaced with something else i think that that helps to give you that flexibility due to allergies or some things that you can't really eat right and then this helps give you that okay if i'm if i'm allergic to something i don't have to eat it and if also like you described like there's some items that you typically wouldn't eat and maybe you're tired of them because Mm -hmm. we don't send the same thing every week but let's just say you never eat Let's take leaks, yeah, for instance. Uh, that was haters know, <laughs> of leaks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unite, um, you know, and you have all the thousands of other people who love leaks, right? Who are using who, who always requests for <laughs> leaks. So, for, for you, that you, know, you could always take it out, and others would be like, Okay, I want it, right? And I think, you know, the more we we progress the more you, you you still be able to take more range of items but you might be wondering why do we not have like all produce because it goes against what it is that we're trying to also save right we're not another grocery platform we're working to work with seasonality and produce that normally are available
0: just one last thing I wanted to mention because you, you talked about seasonality a lot. And, you know, in the olden days, and I'm talking about my parents and, and what they talk about is they used to eat food and veg only when it was seasonally available. Like yeah. mm. carrots were available in the winters, mangoes in the summers. And when you consume food that way, you're actually healthier. Yeah, You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, your body is more attuned with the weather, the seasons, what have you. So actually... We don't realize it, but it's really beneficial for us.
1: Straight from the horse's pant. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. So Daniel, just to wrap this up, uh, if you can tell us what is your company name again, what do you do, and how can people reach you?
2: Well, I'm Daniel Solomon, founder of AeroGo, the company that eliminates food waste, we say one carrot at a time. Love it. And please... Join us. Uh, Why the carrot? <laughs> <laughs> it starts with a carrot, right? <laughs> it always starts with a carrot, and uh, we're direct to customer uh, platform. Uh, you can subscribe, pick a box that fits you need. Whether you're an individual, couple, three, or a family, you can find a box that basically fits you. And you could always like reach out to us on Instagram, ergo Mina, and uh, we'll be definitely be in touch
3: great do you also cater to hospitals and uh, uh, hotels or restaurants are you only doing family so so
2: we we're basically doing working with some uh, b2b clients but today our main focus is you know the b2c side but you know more to come
0: yeah that's great that's great to hear Thank you so much guys for tuning into this episode. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Sustainably You Podcast. And we will see you again next time. Thank you, everyone.
1: Thank you. I'm thanks, Daniel. Thank you guys. Thanks,
0: Daniel. Yeah.